Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series on the Holy Spirit called Ruach, the Breath of God. Today, Pastor Geshom shares with us on how the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us in everything and for everything. Can we ask God to give us hearts and minds that are open to this amazing power that the Holy Spirit brings? Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's Word to you today. And even before we uh, dive into God's Word, we're going to be seeing uh, entirely for the next couple of weeks about the Holy Spirit. And I strongly believe that even as we celebrated Pentecost Sunday last uh, week, that a lot of us are recipients of the Holy Spirit. A lot of us have invited Him into our lives. A lot of us are, in fact, listening to Him every step of the way. But for those of you who did not actually take time to invite Him, I would ask that even as you journey along with us in the next couple of weeks, that you would make it your genuine prayer to invite Him into your lives. Because I believe that we wouldn't live the same without Him. The minute we allow Him into our lives, there is a drastic change. There is something that, you know, we completely rely on every step, every uh, day, every minute. And so even as we dwell in, we've seen already that He is our inspiration. Because of the fact that the Holy Spirit inspires us, we've seen that He gives us the ability to take the next step in faith. That when we take that next step, we know that He is with us in that next step. And we also saw that this entire Bible that we have as our book, as our guide, something that we meditate on, something that we rely on, something that we call and read out and speak into our minds and into our inner man is something that He inspired and it's alive today. Every word, every word that's spoken in faith brings healing, brings restoration, brings salvation. And we see how Jesus is the true and living God. Last week, in fact, uh, in Pentecost Sunday, we moved, you know, not just seeing what happened uh, in the early church in Acts, in that Acts 1-8, when they waited in the upper room, each and every one was a recipient of the Holy Spirit. But we also looked back and cross-referenced to the God of Elijah. We saw that how God used Elijah and we saw three things. We saw three things in which he just didn't remain the same. We saw constantly how he was, you know, moving and operating between the natural and the supernatural. And that is something that we get to do because the Holy Spirit is within us. We also saw consistently how he stood up against evil. Today, if God's calling us to stand up against evil, it's because we have the Holy Spirit. Because when we have him inside us, we cannot, you know, live a dual life, but we take a side. And the third thing we saw is we saw how courageously Elijah was able to make those faithful declarations. And it was only because of the Holy Spirit. And today, I want us to know that because of the power that is within us through the Holy Spirit, we are able to make those same faithful declarations. And even before we go any further, I want us to jump right in to the book of Galatians. So can we read from Galatians chapter 5 and it goes on to say like this, If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character and moral courage. Our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging or provoking one another, envying one another. You know, I would like to highlight from this particular passage, you know, what it says there, that our conduct must be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you are, uh, you know, have relied on the Holy Spirit so much, but He is empowering. I've happened to lead uh, teams, you know. The one thing that I've been able to witness is that the minute you empower them, they just start doing things with so much joy. You don't need to tell them, you know, uh, tell them words of affirmation. In fact, they just know, you know what? He means good. He means that, you know, I can get this job done. I still remember in 2019 when I was in Manila, when I was producing a conference, I had a whole bunch of church volunteers who were, you know, volunteering for that conference. And at the end of after like 10 days, you know, the one thing that uh, one person who was entirely handling the video switcher said, you know, thank you so much for empowering me. You know, I, I'm not going to treat this any lightly anymore. Today, if we are not empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
we will end up running from pillar to post trying to find an experience where we will actually have of that of the Holy Spirit. And the word of God says that you can call. He's our helper. So the minute we call, he's willing to come into our lives. So we don't have to actually run after an experience or after an experience. I know friends of mine who keep saying, you know what, you need to be in this gathering. You need to be here. You need to be in this to experience the Holy Spirit. But, you know, we can get so caught up in that. I'm not against gatherings. I love gatherings. I love, you know, if there's one thing, I love corporate worship. I love when we can meet together. I love when we can gather around. But the Holy Spirit is just not meant for gatherings. He's also meant for us individually. And today, if we are not empowered by the Holy Spirit individually, we will miss out entirely in experiencing Him corporately. And so before we can move to the next step of experiencing Him corporately, I would ask if you can go, you know, as much as we go into our phones and, you know, switch off different um, settings and enable certain settings, can we go in and enable that setting where we'll ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, empower me. After I'm empowered by you, let my experience of you be so different. Because let me not be running after experience. Because, you know, the, it's so easy to get caught up with the experiences of other people and what they say about the Holy Spirit. But He's meant for us. And we have to ask Him to come into our lives so that we will be empowered by Him. And in turn, we'll be able to experience him in different stages, be it in corporate gathering, be it even a prayer gathering, be it even intimate worship setting, whatever it is. And then you'll soon realize that he's present everywhere. So I can't take anything lightly. And it's that power that we are seeking after. And so, and today we're going to see from the life of Elisha. And before that, I just want us to read another passage. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. You then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you and your self-life of the flesh and the new creation of the Spirit. This is just to say that the minute you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, you can't have yourself dominating. You need to let go of it so that the Holy Spirit can cleanse it entirely and make sure that you are His. You know, I don't know how many of you have uh, watched Star Wars. Uh, our family is a huge Star Wars fan, you know. And uh, I didn't realize it, but my kids just caught on to that entire theme. But the minute you see Star Wars, you'll see a prominent theme that's recurring across all the series. It's the fight between good and evil. And you don't see uh, a harmonious world where both good and evil exist. You see where the rise of evil is so much... The resistance of good is so little, but yet they fight back. They fight back. They make sure that they are winning ground. And in the end, we see that good trumps, you know, evil. And today, that's the same thing in our heart. When we invite the Holy Spirit, we can't just take bits and pieces. And it's interesting here. It says, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When the minute the Holy Spirit comes in, there are certain things. There's an entire, you know, uh, spring cleaning. I wouldn't say this is basically life cleaning that happens here. We don't just, and it, it he kind of like starts changing so many things. And oftentimes, it's these uh, fragments of ourselves which we tend to leave back behind, that when life hits us with different speed bumps, you know, different situations, these self things which we didn't abandon, starts showing up. You know, we don't start showing the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. You might be like, Geshom, what are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Let's move further in Galatians 5.22. It goes on to say, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, Patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. I don't know how many of you, um, you know, really have uh, 
uh, appetites that you know suddenly you just have this burst that you want to eat something you know i i for one uh, food is my you know uh, my nemesis i would say you know i would crave you know suddenly to eat and i can even go eating a whole bunch of you know uh, junk suddenly you know i love food i love uh, any kind of food you know it doesn't matter whether it's spicy it doesn't matter it's you know uh, made in a roadside shop or in an expensive restaurant i love food no matter who's done it you know i in fact love roadside food a lot you know much to my uh, wife's dismay but here when you see what are our appetites you know oftentimes the appetite of the world is what we are longing after so much and that's that constant battle that we're going to have if the holy spirit is within us and when he's within us he's going to give us this you know i want to exhibit these fruits of the holy spirit but because of those fragments which i have not abandoned of my self life they start fighting uh, when it says one of the fruit of the spirit is love it says unselfish concern for others we in fact will have a selfish concern we'll be like you know if i can if i can show love to this person there's something i can get out of it there won't be that unselfish love in fact it says there inner peace oftentimes we are not even talking about inner peace we think if we can control our situations outside if we can create an outer peace if we can make sure peace is there outside we'll attain inner peace no but here the holy spirit saying hey i want to change everything inside you so can you change that appetite and that passion from just being self focused to becoming holy spirit focused and today that happens only when we allow the holy spirit in when we allow him to come in and sometimes when he comes in he needs to work in and through us so that we'll be able to witness that and that's why we say the power of the holy spirit should first work within us because his power will break all the passion and the you know the desire these appetites that we have for the worldly things and it'll soon change our course of direction to see things in the light of wow jesus wants us to see it and so church today even as we dwell deeper you know you might be like geshum but why are you actually taking again from the old testament because we're going to see this entire series of ruach we're going to see from the old testament how god used people and how today we can learn from their life and how we can allow the holy spirit to work in and through our life last week even as we heard about elijah we heard that that there's this tension between the supernatural and the natural and i believe that if we have to walk that journey of relying on the holy spirit and you know trying to have that tension between the natural and the supernatural we'll need to step into that power where only he can walk with us every step of the way and trust me church we are living in the days where we have to desire for the supernatural we can't believe in man's report we can't believe in the things that are happening around we need a supernatural intervention of god we need a supernatural intervention into the relationships that we are around we need a supernatural intervention into the finances that are happening within our families where debt is becoming way bigger and we are losing sleep we need to speak into the life of relationships especially with parents and children we need to speak into generational curses and see god come through that we'll have a supernatural breakthrough we'll have to see the supernatural breakthrough come through so that you know dominions are broken so that you know there are no strongholds in our life so that we are not carrying unnecessary self life fragments anymore that power has to work in and through us today i don't know what you're going through but if this holy spirit wants to work in and through us you'll soon realize he wants to work with people who want to be fixed people who call themselves broken and mind you i standing here i'm a broken vessel and the more i read god's word every day every day when i dwell deep in the holy spirit is telling me geshom you still not there but rely trust me let's do this journey and so even as we go further on i want us to see what it is to be be consumed by this holy spirit when you're consumed by this holy spirit and when you know when when you have his power what does it take the first thing i would like for us to look, see is that when we are consumed by this ruach by this holy spirit the power allows us to thrive in obscurity that's what you heard it right thrive in obscurity 
you know obscurity is such a word that we don't use often because uh it means not feeling important and often times our struggle in this world is like we want people to know who we are we want people to know hey this is me this is what i'm qualified this is what i can do this is what i have i should be known as but the beauty about following and allowing the holy spirit to work in and through you when we say holy spirit come into my life i want your power to work into my life you'll soon realize that you'll start every step of the way it it the journey might be tough every step of the way you'll soon realize you know what it's not happening as i would like but you'll start thriving in that obscurity and it's interesting we saw elijah last time in fact one of the closing notes of last week's sermon was elijah thought that he was the lone prophet who's actually the voice you know calling out saying israel you know your god is alive but god told him hey there are so many others who still have not knelt down and worshiped any other god but are being faithful to me the holy spirit you know reminded elijah that he had to open his eyes to see there are many others today when we start moving in the power of the holy spirit the holy spirit will open our eyes to see that there are many others who are on this journey but how are we going to you know uh travel on this journey are we going to be bickering and complaining and whining or are we going to be thriving where you're going to say god i'm seeing a whole different and are we going to start enjoying this journey with the holy spirit i want us to read from first kings chapter 19 verses 19 to 21 so elijah departed from there and found elisha the son of safat while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him and he with the 12th Elijah went over to him and threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, "Please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then I will follow you." And he said to them, "Go on back, for what have I done to you? Stop you." So Elisha left him and went back. Then he took a pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their meat with the implements of the oxen as fuel and gave the meat to the people and they ate then he stood and followed elijah and served him so elijah soon realized that god was asking him to give you know his mantle to someone else and he had found elisha and i love the way elisha embraced that opportunity just imagine you know elijah didn't get uh you know a calendar invite saying elijah is going to come to your place at 9 am tomorrow and he's going to you know spend this one hour talking to you about the calling that you're going to have and how you're going to take it forward and he didn't you know walk him through a process no it is an indication of the literally the falling of the holy spirit on him when elijah threw that cloak over him elisha knew what had to be done and that's how the holy spirit is going to come he's not going to come at a appointed time that you give he's going to come the minute your heart opens up and says you know in all honesty holy spirit please come the more you desire he's going to come and today even as i was reading this i was reminded of the fact the way the attitude in which elisha received that mantle he said you know what let me just go and tell my parents that i'm going to be following you he didn't say you know what i need at least 3 months to prepare and mind you elisha is from a wealthy family he it says here he had 12 pairs of oxen before him to have a pair of oxen actually plowing your field is a big deal and to have 12 pairs of it which means he was from a wealthy family he could have completely avoided you know this entire calling that elijah was doing but he probably had witnessed so much of what was happening with elijah's life that he said you know what i want to be part of this i don't want to let go of this moment and i love how he went and told his parents and it's interesting i i love this prophetic act that he did he took the very thing that defined him at that point and he laid it at the altar he laid it at the altar to say god it's not i'm not com- coming to serve you leaving all my wealth no i'm leaving i'm what you've given me i'm here to offer it back and he laid it and you know I, at, when i as i was preparing this i was actually confessing to god and saying lord i'm sorry that 
I didn't do the same thing when you had called me. Back in 2008, when we had just got married and we had Caleb and, you know, there's this, we started, uh, you know, doing this outreach among schools and God, you know, started impressing on my heart so much that I told Tina, you know, I think the next phase of our life is, is to be in ministry, but I don't know. And I had so many, I didn't receive, I didn't take the mantle that, you know, in such a way as Elisha did. I, in fact, was going back and forth saying, God, I think I can do much more, you know, than, uh, you know, than I can actually do right now by doing what I'm doing currently. And I can do it even more better in the years to come. So much that the, it was literally like a tug of war. And at one point, God just, you know, moved the rope all the way to his side. And when he moved, he literally, it felt like he removed the rug from under my feet. The very thing that I said, I, I you know, I was uh, relying and saying, God, this is what I'm going to use to, you know, do your work. He removed it. Overnight, I lost my job. After that, I went on to apply to so many places and nothing happened. And I knew at that very instant that God was calling me for something else. So today, even as I'm preaching this, my sermon is not about, you know, leaving your jobs and doing, you know, the uh, God's work full time. No. But it's to listen to what God's calling you to do. Some of us, he wants us to leave everything entirely to do what he's calling us to do. But for many of you all, he probably is just wanting you to open up your heart so that he can move in and through you in the places where you are at today, where you will be tomorrow. Will you do it like how Elisha did it? Even today, can that be our cry saying, God, I just want to receive the Holy Spirit and the next step that I want to take is in obedience. And so even as I mentioned earlier, I was confessing to God was the fact that, Lord, I didn't, um, you know, uh, nothing is wasted in God's hand. And the confessing that I was doing was, God, I placed my job in a place where I should have actually just given you my heart entirely for the work. And so today, the act that Elisha did was to say, God, even though you're calling me for this, all that I am, I'm just, you know, uh, laying it out. He cooked a meal and he gave it. It's to show that, Lord, everything, my entire identity, what I'm known by, I'm just laying it at your feet. Use me however you will. And so today, the minute we allow the Holy Spirit's power to work in and through us, our identity changes to being his child. And he gives us a far greater identity. And so even as the path might seem after that, you know, lonely, might be one without, you don't get recognition. In fact, it's interesting that when Elijah and Elisha, as they started this journey after this, there are so many other instances what uh, the author goes on to talk about Elijah. And a lot of the commentators are saying the journey between Elijah and Elisha could have been anywhere between eight years to ten years. Just imagine this, Elisha gave up everything to be with Elijah for the next 8 to 10 years. And nowhere was it mentioned as, I am, uh, Elisha was his assistant, you know, like that. He just traveled along with him, that's it. But God was doing something beautiful in those 8 to 10 years. Nothing is wasted in God's timeline. So today, I don't know if you're traveling in a road where you seem you know, not significant at all, where you feel you're probably, you know what, is it even worth living today is what the question you might be asking. Or you might be even thinking to yourself, God, would am I even making a difference in this world? You know, they say this uh, phrase in Tamil, Dendasura, you know, just to, I, you, most of the times we feel like that. We feel like we are a burden on someone else. But the minute you allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through your life, He wants you to thrive in your obscurity. You know, and it's interesting, lot of us, lot of us struggle being anonymous in a world which is, you know, inflating itself so much on self, self-promotion, you know, self-health, everything related to self. But can we trust the Holy Spirit? Can we rely on His power so that we'll be able to thrive in the journey that we have? As I said earlier, the timeline which God has for each and every one of us, not even a single thing is wasted. Not even a single thing.
as we continue on reading, we're going to see how Elijah transfers. In fact, you know, uh, gives the baton to Elisha. Second Kings chapter 2, it goes on to say, And when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, You have asked for a difficult thing. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And they continued along and talked. Behold, a chariot of fire with horses of fire appeared suddenly and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he no longer saw Elijah. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces in grief. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the waters, they divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Wow. I love the fact, you know, the question uh, that Elijah asks him and the reply that Elisha gave. I want a double portion. You know, if there's one thing that we see of each other today in the Christian community, let it be that. If you see someone, you know, really who you really love, uh, you know, uh, looking at and uh, at least, you know, you wish you had that certain quality they had. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, can I have that? Can I have that characteristic, Lord Jesus? I love how they handle people. Can I have that characteristic? He will grant it. It's interesting. Every time, the, as I mentioned earlier, the fragments, it's important that our fragments of self are the ones which, you know, um, hold us back from asking what God wants us to ask, especially when it comes today. As I read earlier from Galatians, today the Holy Spirit is amongst us. If, there's, if there are a group of hundred believers, he's amongst a group of hundred. But what are we really asking for? Are we all, is it always so focused towards something that I need, something that, you know, has to do with me so that I, I, it'll make me look better? Or is it about saying, God, can I have this trait? Can I have this fruit so that I'll be able to serve you in any capacity, you know, and do much more than what I'm currently doing? Elisha asked for double. And it's interesting, as you go on to see, I love, uh, I'm just going back to the same uh, timeline where Elijah and Elisha are together, that 8 to 10 years, Elisha was able to serve Elijah faithfully in that timeline. He was able to serve the vision and the mission of what Elijah had to do at that time. And honestly, you know, for me, I always, uh, uh, me and my wife constantly, you know, have told a lot of our friends this, that we, we love working under leadership. We love working, you know, and, but the, there is a time when we will have to change tracks and God asks us to have a vision and a mission and to run with it. Today, I don't know which part of the journey you're at. Today, even as the pandemic is, you know, uh, is, it's gone beyond a year. A lot of you are probably in the crossroads of what God's calling you to do. A lot of you are making life decisions of what God's calling you to do. So today, for some of you who are already uh, serving in any capacity, you know, in your work, wherever you are, ask God, God, let me experience some of your power so that I'll be able to run this race really well. For some of you who are making decisions, Lord, I want to quit this and start business. Ask God. God, can I have your qualities, Lord Jesus, to take this up? Because I don't know what it could take, but it might be a journey where you'll have to entirely rely on the Holy Spirit every step of the way. And the beauty about it is the minute you start leading that journey, the minute you start journeying on, when, you, when you've served faithfully in what God's called you to and you take that next step, you will, it might seem lonely, it might seem like you don't have an identity, but you will still be thriving. 
I still remember there were seasons in both uh, mine and Tina's life where we were, you know, nobodies literally. But that didn't stop us from serving and doing what God called us to do. And honestly, when we look back, we've thrived in that. You know, it's interesting uh, when we talk with our kids, especially during, uh, you know, around the dining table. It's interesting how they quote back all those times when we thought the journey was alone. As when me and Tina are talking about the journey being alone, we we have so many other, uh, we always, you know, pick up on all the, uh, the, not the good things, but we pick up on the bad things and we try to reminisce on that. But our kids always bring out the good incidents that have happened in those seasons. And God reminded me, Look at it at how you've thrived. We often fail to forget that. And that's, I think, a ploy of the enemy where he brings us, you know, oh, this is what happened. This is what someone told you. This is what your journey was. You felt like this. You felt like your time and energy was wasted. No, nothing is wasted. God wants us to thrive when we are in this journey. It might seem that we don't even have an identity or we, don't, we are not known. But the Holy Spirit knows us. It's interesting. Our God is just not the God of the hills. Our God is the God of the valley. And it's, uh, we get so caught up with climbing up. You know, we get so caught up on climbing the corporate ladder, on climbing, uh, you know, to a point where we are known as a leader, known as this one. But honestly, you know, you can't have community on a mountaintop. There won't be room for that many of us to stand. There won't be space for us to take many others along. Community will be most felt and sensed and, you know, cherished in a valley. And God is a God of the valley. He is a God of the mountaintop, but oftentimes the distractions of the mountaintop are way too many. But if we haven't faithfully done the journey of uh, going in this valley faithfully, we will not see God when we are in our mountaintop. And so church today, I don't know where you are today in life. Today, probably you might be hurting. Today, you might be sick. Today, you might call yourself, you know, I'm lonely. You might categorize yourself. You know what? I'm depressed. You might think, you know, I'm suicidal. You might think I'm broken. You might think you're lost. You might think you're confused. But honestly, to the Holy Spirit, you are just another person he's waiting to come into. He wants to come in and he wants to tell you in this time when you feel, you know, everything is so dry around you. Everything is so barren around you. With me, when you allow me inside your heart, when you allow me to work in and through you, you're going to thrive. And you'll soon realize the valley is where we'll be able to see each and every one. And everyone is journeying with the Holy Spirit in that. Jesus didn't come down to the earth for the people who are well. He came down for those who are sick. He came down for those who are hurting. And honestly, today, if you look around, everyone is hurting. Everyone is in need of a savior. Everyone is in need of Jesus. And so church today, even as we, even as we take time, I would ask that we would allow this Ruach, this Holy Spirit to come into our lives. So that when his power comes, we'll be able to thrive in our obscurity. The second part I would like for us to focus is when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit and when we receive this power, he allows us to make a big difference. Uh, you know, we all uh, think that a big difference is always done by big people. But when you read the scripture, when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, when you see how God moved, he used insignificant small people to make a big difference. That's the equation of God. So today, let's not, let's not uh, focus on the fact that, oh, okay, only if this person speaks is God present. No, God's present when everyone speaks as long as the Holy Spirit is within you as long as you acknowledge that Jesus is the true and living God. Let's continue on reading. There's this beautiful story of what happens when Elisha is called 
by another country general to come and to heal him of leprosy and a lot of you might know the story but i would love for us to dwell deeper can we go and read second uh, kings chapter 5 which goes on to say now naaman was commander of the army of the king of aram he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the lord had given victory to aram he was a valiant soldier but he had leprosy now bands of raiders from aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from israel and she served naaman's wife she said to her mistress if only my master would see the prophet who is in samaria he would cure him of his leprosy naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from israel had said by all means go the king of aram replied i will send a letter to the king of israel now naaman left taking with him 10 talents of silver 6000 shekels of gold and 10 sets of clothing it's interesting how uh, the author of this book has penned a clear picture of who naaman was that he was this awesome commander who you know was had a high regard was loved by the king and then the story shifts from that to a girl who was captured who's captive who's working at in his house uh i don't know about you but uh, uh in the in the dynamics of a husband and wife relationship you know when someone especially when uh, a girl like this who's working in the house comes and tells uh, the wife you know if some uh, if the master can go and do this uh i don't know how i'll take it i wouldn't even go as far as what naman has done i'd be like you know what oh okay you know that i would have brushed it off i wouldn't have uh, you know given it a second thought but there's something beautiful which uh i think the author of who is writing this down didn't give much credit but he just took the beauty of what this young girl had said i think you know the uh, when you look at this girl the way in which she conducted herself in the house would have been exceptional the way in which she probably served her master and the family would have been exceptional there wouldn't have been any fault so much that when she said that there is something that if the master goes and meets this prophet he'll be healed the wife took it seriously and said naman i think you should go and look at the influence that that girl had on this entire journey naman just doesn't stay there he goes to the king the king you know recognizes this tells him you can go ahead and in fact writes a letter to the king of israel today we are all probably in places like this where we are working under someone where we think you know we are all under positions uh, uh, under authority where we are working for some form of leadership you know may we never hesitate to speak what the holy spirit is putting into our hearts and into our minds and into our mouth at a particular point of time this power that we are talking about of the holy spirit allows us to speak the right things but it comes with us doing what god's calling us to do also it just doesn't come to us you know uh, then it just becomes banter if we are not living the life that god's calling us to live it's interesting that when we see in the early church when many people were getting saved you know there were slaves and there were masters and so paul goes on to write peter goes on to write of how they should conduct themselves and our I, i want us to read from ephesians chapter 6 verses 5 to 9 and it goes on to say those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instruction with great respect and honor serve them with humility in your hearts as though you are working for the master always do what is right and not only when others are watching so that you may please christ as his servants by doing his will serve our employers wholeheartedly and with love as though you were serving christ and not men be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our lord whether you are an employee or an employer and to the caretakers of the flock i say do what is right with your people by forgiving them when they offend you for you know there is a master in heaven that shows no favoritism i love how paul is pending to the ephesian church it's important that whatever we do we do it 
as if you're doing it to Christ. And if there's one thing that this girl did right was that she did it like as if she's doing it to the God of Israel. She carried her testimony. She carried her identity of the God of Israel into the place, even though it was she was captured and she was in exile. She took it on herself. And I believe the spirit of God was on her. If it has to be recorded on this, it has to be the spirit of God who gave her the courage to speak boldly. So today, if you are working under authority and if you have been struggling all this while, ask the Holy Spirit to speak, to give the right words. He'll give you the moment to speak. He'll give you the place to be quiet. He'll also move your heart to start praying for things and you'll start seeing things happen. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. The second instance that we are going to see from here is 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 8 to 14. It goes on to say, When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the men come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. It's literally here, expectation was his reality. Are not Abana and Fafar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. I love this verse in verse 13. It goes on to say, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, washed and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Even as I read earlier from Ephesians, there's this beautiful dynamic that we see here between a master and his servant. We see here the master's expectation was that the prophet would come and do something supernatural. But it's in the simple instruction that brings healing for him. And here there's a close servant who's been watching and hearing all this and has the courage to speak. Today, church, a lot of us are going to be in the same place as a servant where God will ask us to speak in places. Speak when things doesn't sound logically right, but might just be simple stuff. But if we can acknowledge the Holy Spirit, if we can be sensitive to what he's whispering into our ears, we'll be able to speak like this servant. He simply just said, if he had asked you to go something great, you would have boldly gone because that's what the kind of expectation we have as humans. We want to do something great always. We want to do something that has to be a wow factor. But following Jesus sometimes, most of the times, is always Simple obedience brings great results. That's the equation that we follow here. And so we see here that as this servant told Naaman, why don't you just go and do this simple act? We see that he was cleansed immediately. I love uh, how Luke writes this particular verse in Luke 12, 12. Simply be confident and allow the spirit of wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit, access to your heart. And in that very moment, he will reveal what you have to say to them. Even as Luke is talking about this, he's asking for the Holy Spirit to come and speak at any given point of time. When we allow him, he will put the words into our mouth. A lot of times we feel we don't have the right words. Honestly, I feel that many at the times. But I strongly feel it's only because of the Holy Spirit and His words that are the ones that are coming out of my mouth. And so today, what position has God placed you on? Is He placed you in a position where you have to testify about Him, share about Him, intercede for someone on their behalf? Will you be able to do it? Will you be able to do it? And I love also something about Naaman. He didn't just float, you know, in this 
level of, you know, I'm a leader, no one can speak to me. No, he had a teachable spirit. And I think that teachable spirit is what brought him healing. So to all the leaders who are out there, to all the people who think that they are influencers, let us have a teachable spirit. Because if we need to see miracles happen in our lives, we need to be teachable. Teachable so that when a little girl tells, go meet the prophet, we are able to obey and take that step. Teachable that when a servant tells us, can you just go and do the simple act? We are able to do it. And as I read earlier from Ephesians, this beautiful thing is what Christ wants us. You know, and I love as we're going through this entire scripture of seeing uh, what it takes to actually understand when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, it allows us to thrive in obscurity and it also allows us to make a big difference. There are two things which I want to highlight and close. The first thing I want to highlight is the fact that the fruit of thriving in obscurity is the fact that we get to know what to ask for. So today, even as you're on this journey where you're relying on the Holy Spirit, you'll soon realize that this journey is enjoyable. This journey is what God's called. You'll feel fulfilled. And when you ask of the Holy Spirit of anything, you know what to ask for. We see that in Elisha's life. When he had the opportunity to ask, when Elijah said, what is it you want? He said, I want double portion. So today, church, even as we thrive in our obscurity, what are we asking of the Holy Spirit? Are we asking that we'll be, are we asking for the things that the Lord wants us to ask? Or are we giving into the fragments of ourself that are placed still deep into our hearts? This is for us to really, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to work in and through us so that if we will die to our selfish desires and passion. And that we'll be able to, you know, really realize, Lord, this is what I want. And we'll ask what matters to the kingdom the most. Today, if there's one thing that we as a church have to do, is the fact that we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus today on this earth. We need to speak hope into hopeless situations. We need to speak healing into places where there is, you know, illnesses and sickness. We need, we shouldn't give room for any stronghold and dominion to find room and space within. We need to stand in the gap, bind the enemy, break, ask God to break every chain. We need to see addictions broken. We need to see families united. We need to see situations change. We need to see things happen. It will all come down to us individually. If we have to thrive, what are we going to ask? After Naaman was healed, you know, yeah, uh, Gehasi goes, runs behind him and says, uh, my master has requested for a certain amount, you know, even though Elisha had said he doesn't want anything. And when he comes back, Elisha asks him, what did you do? And that same leprosy that was a Naaman comes back to him and it just doesn't stay with him and goes on to him for his, for his entire generation after that. So today, even as we are in this journey of thriving in our obscurity. It's important because in that thriving in obscurity, Elisha sorted for the double portion of Elijah's anointing. But Gehasi, Elisha's, you know, uh, servant sought after gold and money, which was not the real thing which God had in mind. So today it's important as we journey along this, the fruit of thriving in obscurity should we should know what to ask for. We can't just blindly ask for something that does not matter to the kingdom. The second fruit that we're going to see is, the second fruit of making a difference is never meant to be restricted to a stature or to a status of a person. So today, as we want to make a big difference with the help of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter whether we are in what rank in society, whether we are lower, middle or upper class, whatever it is, are we willing to move in the timing, in the wisdom, in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we'll be able to speak when he asks us to speak. We'll be able to do what he asks us to do because the end result will be a big difference. And that glory and honor will only go to God. 
even as we saw earlier the little girl didn't allow her status to actually govern over what the holy spirit was asking her to do she broke that she testified when the servant he went way above his rank and told the master to do something naman when he had to act on both instances didn't allow his position and the authority that he held to actually not do what was required to be done so even today as we are consumed by the holy spirit let his power come within our lives and let it help us to make a big difference as i mentioned elisha asked for double portion of elijah's anointing it's interesting as we read through the scripture we see elisha's servant of what he asked it's interesting when you take the comparison between what elisha asked elijah and what gehazi that is elisha's servant actually sought after we see that and even as we close today my heart's desire is that as a church we will all start experiencing the holy spirit we will know what to ask we will know how to thrive in our obscurity we will learn to make a big difference because of the holy spirit that's residing in us because at the end of it god's using us to build his kingdom his kingdom is this beautiful bride that he's going to come for and he is coming we are expectant we are waiting for him to come but till then we will keep doing what he calls us to do we will keep saying things that what he asks us to say we will stand in the gap when he asks us to stand in the gap we will lift our hands when he asks us to lift our hands we will intercede for others till he asks till he comes through that's what you're going to do we are going to be the hands and feet of jesus thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life